Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Chad and Zay. All right, getting uh, started with hour number three on this Thursday. It is May the 4th. If you're a Star Wars dork, hope you're having a good day. I do have the Star Wars shirt on today, so watch some movies, dress up, head to Comic-Con, whatever it is you do today. We hope you have a good one. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and he's got this beat ready to go for us. All right, Zay, what we got? This should be easy. Yes? Hang on. It's always the theme to what we're doing today for our music album okay. survey. I hear the hear the guitar there. It's always the theme. You're thinking really hard. Why are you thinking so hard? Um, Who are we covering today? So it's Buster Rhymes. Okay, there we okay. go. <laughs> oh, right. I'm, uh, no, I see what you're... I'm sorry. I see what you just did. I thought you were telling me that this song specifically was a theme that we hit every single oh, Thursday. No. I'm like, wait, I should just what? say the artist. My bad. The, just the artist. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Every so, time. Okay. My bad. My bad. All right. So which uh, which Buster Rhymes is this? Pascal Cavassier with Diddy, oh. produced by Pharrell, Neptunes. Gotcha. That's a little good. later. A little later, Busta. That little, that little acoustic guitar in there is nice. Oh, this beat's fire. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, sounds like there's a lot of talent on that as well. Certainly can say that for that first album. There's a lot of folks on that first Busta Rhymes album. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely not, not an issue about one man alone in a studio. A lot of people hanging out in the studio for that one. We'll get into that discussion coming up here in just a second. couple of reminders. Uh, if you're a Longhorn football fan and you're hearing some story about Malik Murphy today, ultimately it's great news for you as a Longhorn fan. Malik Murphy was, and people around Malik Murphy, we should say, were contacted by different teams when the portal window was open, before it closed, about was he interested and in maybe he listening to anybody else's discussion uh, You know, after the spring game and everything. Uh, Malik Murphy, or the people around Malik Murphy, let those teams know that he was not interested. So, Malik Murphy is ready to be a Longhorn in 2023, and you would have to assume right now that he is the backup quarterback from what you saw in the spring game. He was definitely the quarterback a lot of people were talking about coming out of the spring game and uh, definitely showed you that uh, that he's ready to go. Hopefully he can obviously stay healthy is one of his big focuses because he hasn't been able to to get that done. And so now that's what he wants to do. He wants a chance to be healthy, get in, you know, be the backup this season, and then say next year, you know, get in that battle. Somebody texted us earlier, hey, maybe he's seen everything he thinks he needs to see from Arch Manning to know that he wants a battle next year. Right. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And he also sees the talent around him. A lot of those guys that Sark put through the league, they had a 
buku amount of talent from mm-hmm. the wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, et cetera, offensive linemen that made life easier for, you know, Mac Jones and Bryce Young, Mark Sanchez, Carson Palmer, all those really good USC teams that were winning national championships. And you're starting to get that here at Texas. So if you're Malik Murphy, sometimes the grass ain't always greener. Like, Hudson Card, I love what he gave here to the Horns, but out in Purdue, he don't got that same talent in the wide receiver room that Quinn yours and this yeah. quarterback crew has. Not even close. So even though he has a big opportunity up there at Purdue to be the starter in the Big Ten and it's Big Ten football, the talent might not be there and you still might see a Hudson Card that, you know, he's talented, but is he – are we seeing the most out of him due to what he has around him? Yeah. We will never know. And if you look here, you got to like your chances if you're Malik Murphy. Yeah, I just like the patience of this story from Malik Murphy based on the health situation. If he'd been the backup for like a whole season healthy or two whole seasons healthy, maybe there's a different discussion to have. But I think being patient here is probably going to be the best thing for him. And Longhorns obviously hope it's the best uh, for them as well. So that's kind of what that Malik Murphy story is, if you've heard that. Uh, We hit that a little bit. We talked about the NBA. Boston blasting Philly last night and evening up that series. Lakers and Warriors tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, After we are done, ball don't lie with Rod and Hards. Then it's your Thursday night lineup, 7 o'clock Longhorn Blitz podcast. And if you have haven't caught Insincerious on Thursdays. Patrick and the crew have moved to Thursday nights now at 8 o'clock, so check it out tonight. All right, uh, Zay, let's get into the album swap discussion. We skipped a week for the draft, but we are back with some Aerosmith and Busta Rhymes. Who do you want to go first? You gonna start? Oh, we're starting in Boston? You hear it! We're going to start in Boston with Aerosmith, 1975. The album is Toys in the Attic. I decided we would go with this one. Since two of their monster hits are on this album, they released Sweet Emotion first and then this one, Walk This Way. What would you think of Toys in the Attic? Amazing. Amazing album. Not too long. It was perfect. You know, Sweet Emotion, like Daisy Confused is one of my favorite movies. Mm. And a big part of that movie is when McConaughey's trying to get Pink. Like, yo, man, we got to get these Aerosmith tickets. You trying to roll? Pink Floyd's like, hell yeah. And they play Sweet Emotion in that movie. So I've always loved that song. Okay. Always loved the song. Just knowing the history with Aerosmith and Run DMC on Walk This Way. I knew that there was an original version, but I never really taken the time to Mm. listen to it. Okay. And I I love this version. I do. I love the version from Toys in the Attic. I know that, you know, Run DMC kind of took Aerosmith into another place because they were kind of stale at the time it came out in the 80s. So that's cool to know. But, yeah, man, this album, front to back, very impressed. Round and Round is my jam. It's a good song. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You like Round and Round. I love Round and Round. And... Big 10-inch record, hilarious. Come on. <laughs> it's beautiful. Absolutely hilarious. Old blues tune, by the way. It's a cover. Oh, old, for real? Yeah, old blues tune. And what's the guy's name? Hang on, I'll get that for you because you'll love the name. It's uh, it's a cover of, from an old blues guy, and I'll get it for you here in a second. But okay. the name is awesome. But, yeah, that's a great little, That's a great song. Yeah, and, you know, going back and doing your research and looking at the history with these guys – Columbia Records, off the first two albums, they weren't really sold. 
This third album was huge for them, and they only sold 30,000 copies on the self-titled album in 73. They had the next one in 74. What that, what's that one called? Get Your Wings. Get Your Wings. Yep. They had that one, and then that gave Columbia Records enough confidence to say, okay, y'all are doing a little something. Let's see what you can do. And, man, they did that. New York City at the classic, um, gosh, classic record studio that they were at. What's it called? I had it down. Yeah, they went to, was it the record plant? The record plant, yeah. yeah. Yep. Where, like, Jimi Hendrix used to rock out there and different legends. Dope story. Really dope. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. By the way, the guy that originally did Big Ten Inch Record is Bull Moose Jackson. <laughs> Old blues guy. Love it. American blues and rhythm and blues singer and saxophonist. Uh, yeah, that is great. Uh, it's a really, really cool record. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the hits on that album are, are the obvious, but what I think makes it a, a good record is that I think the title track, Toys in the Attic, is really good. Uncle Salty is an interesting song. And I think Aerosmith's Adam's Apple should be taught in church. I mean, I really think that is about as... Easy to tell the Adam and Eve story as anybody can. I mean, come on. I mean, that is just Steven Tyler poetry at his best. Uh, Yeah, that's good stuff. And then you mentioned Round and Round. And I'm glad you said it wasn't too long. I was a little worried you'd think it was too short because there's only nine songs here. Yeah. So I was a little concerned that you might be looking for more tracks, but you you were okay with that. Yeah, I was definitely cool with it. So when I was looking at the Buster albums to give you. I was thinking about the second one, but it was 18 songs. I was like, oh, that might be too much for Chad. <laughs> Let's just go to the first one. It's 13, and the, that's cool. You and, know, the old man freaks out yeah, about too many tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. You know what else stuck with me, Chad, huh. with Aerosmith? Knowing that they used to open up for, like, Kiss and Slade and Black Sabbath, and those groups were intimidated of Aerosmith, which I get why they ended up becoming a big-time band. But before Toys in the Attic came out, they weren't headlining. Right. And, you know, <laughs> Tom Hamilton said, yo, we're we're hella competitive. Like, our thought process going into opening up shows for those big guys were to blow them out the water. Right. Were to make people think, oh, who are those guys? Keep them talking about us, even though they came to see Kiss and Black Sabbath, etc. And I, I thought that was dope. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Well, and the other thing about Aerosmith that's tough for other bands is Aerosmith had that mold, had, had the thing that appealed to both genders. So it was one of those shows that the girlfriends were going to want to come to as well. Maybe the girlfriends weren't coming to the Black Sabbath shows or coming to... Now, Kiss is different. Kiss would draw the women as well. But with Steven and his frontman abilities, the androgynous thing, little Mick Jagger vibe, Robert Plant thing, yeah, they were they were big. And this was the album that broke them. Nine times platinum. I didn't realize it had gone platinum that many times. That's stupid. Toys in the Attic is... And by the way, this song, the last time I saw Aerosmith, Jazz Fest, New Orleans. And they opened with this, with Toys in the Attic. And I lost it. Oh, so good. So, so good. That's fire. It only took them two months to do it, too. Yeah, I I noticed that, too. So quick. So quick. Yeah, leaving the things that she loves behind. All right, Toys in the Attic, you got a grade for me? Um... So the album's a classic. Yes. Knowing how much drugs they were using making this is amazing. They tried to do them all? They literally had a roadie that when the lights would go off in the concerts would sneak up and give them cocaine. (laughs) 
for, for Steven Tyler Woo. and Joe Perry. And Steven Tyler talked about how salty he was when him and Joe Perry weren't roommates anymore because they weren't like druggy roomies anymore. They were like druggy friends because Perry went to uh. go live with his uh, girlfriend, then girlfriend. And yeah, I'm uh -huh. eight, seven. Eight seven. Eight grade. seven yeah. for you. That's a big time grade. Yeah. Eight seven. I like that. I Very like that. Impressed. Yeah. So I believe it's true that they called Mick and Keith of the Stones like they were called the Glimmer Twins or something like that. Yeah. They, they called Stephen and Joe the Toxic <laughs> Twins <laughs> because of all the drugs they were doing. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Stephen Tyler's been to rehab so many times. Like, oh yeah. Still, still no, dealing he's with still those trying issues. to kick stuff, man. Now, I'm telling you, they were trying to do all of it. All of it. Here's the story. I wasn't going to tell the story, but I'll tell it since you said that. I read a story about the last song on here is You See Me Crying. Did you see the story about that? No. So they had an orchestra come in. It's a, it's a ballad. It's a good song. I don't know if I'd have ended the album with it, but it's a good song. So they make this album in 75. In 1984, Aerosmith is making an album called Done With Mirrors for a reason because cocaine and mirrors. So they're making the album. Steven Tyler comes to the band and tells them he's heard a song called You See Me Crying and they need to cover it on their new album. And their own song? And reportedly Joe Perry screams back at him, It's us, <laughs> F-head. He was so gone for that period of time, he didn't even know he was listening to one of their songs. Stupid. That's how bad it was. All right, so there you go. Toys in the Attic. Zay gives it an 8-7. Why you grit it? Yeah. I, I'm an Aerosmith, Mark. I'll push him up into that A category. I'll go 9-1. Nine, nine, I'll go 9-1 nine, yeah. nine, one for sure on Toys in the Attic. All right, let's get to Busta Rhymes. My first listen to a Busta Rhymes album. It was March of 96 when it came out. So correct me if I'm wrong, Zay. Busta Rhymes, at this point, he had been a part of a group Leaders it, of the New School. The leaders of the New School? Yeah. And they had broken up, yes. kind of gone their own ways. He had also been on other people's albums. Yeah, he, he got really famous on a Tribe Called Quest scenario. He finishes out the lyrics, and that's where, rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon. He became oh. really famous for that verse at the very end, and that's like one of the, the best what's albums. Like the what's, what's scenario, yeah. that song? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, and all that's right. one of the greatest albums of all time. Okay. But yeah, him and Q-Tip are really tight, which you see that on Ill Vibe. They have that song together on this album. And yeah, man, it took a while because Busta, he wanted to do his thing with Leaders of the New School, and then they broke up, and people were like, yo, dude, you're special. You need to go your own route. And yeah. it took him a couple of years, and when he did that, bang. Yeah, 13 tracks. I thought it was a really good, tight record. I didn't think it wasted too much time. I thought it got to its business uh, pretty well. And they took my advice on this album. If you're going to put little vignettes in there, I got no problem with the vignettes. Make them a part of a song. I don't need a 34-second thing. Put them in there. Hide them a little bit. So when you have the incident at the start of the Hot Fudge track mm. that's beautiful yeah just put it at the start and roll and then the uh <clears throat> incident at the end of keep it moving all right it's interesting i didn't know exactly what i was hearing there but all right it's good but uh, they just made it a part of the song there so i thought that was good and um you kind of referenced it there the the sort of the sound from the tribe called quest but i really enjoyed the the roar of Buster Rhymes. I enjoyed enjoyed the raw of Buster Rhymes. I had always mistaken him for almost like a DMX vibe where there was but it's not that. It's not as rough 
or growly, yeah. but there is a ah to him. The energy I really like. The cover is brilliant, by the way. The cover of him just screaming, a blurry version of his face screaming, it kind of tells you what you're in for. Yeah, and you got to understand the time, like 1996, East Coast, West Coast beef was at an all-time high, so rap was given a really negative stigma, and Busta, him being able, like everybody was so focused on being tough, being hard, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh-huh. Busta, he was tough, but he was also crazy as hell. Like all yeah. his outfits and stuff, all his videos, his videos are iconic because of the costumes and the colors and just things that aren't as masculine as hip hop, you know, yeah. the outside people look at hip hop. Busta kind of changed that. He and didn't seem to care either. I like, I like that about him. He didn't him. care yeah. and it was really refreshing yeah, Buster Rhymes, I think he's an absolute legend. I think he's underrated. So, I really do. Okay, so the big hit on this album, the big release is Woo-Ha, Got yeah. You All in Check, correct? Correct. And I really enjoyed that song, and again, that's really kind of showing him off there too, but it is, you know, that like that one was, I thought, a, a great kind of signature, you know, a big signature song. It almost, I don't know if this is an exact way to say it. I thought of... ODB's Brooklyn Zoo while I was listening to that song. Yeah. Because of its catchiness. Because it hooked me and I went, oh, that had to be big. People had to love that song. Even if you don't know the other words, you're going to come back to the to the got you all in check. That was awesome. Um, you know who Busta has been uh, touring with recently? Who's that? Wu-Tang. Is that right? They're tight. Okay. Yeah, him right. and ODB were really close. Yeah, there's good stuff on here. Uh, the end of it, I thought the finish line and the end of the world at the end were both really good. I always like an album to end strong. I thought it did. Do My Thing at the beginning is good. Uh, Abandoned Ship I thought was really good. It's a Party is a really good song. Oh, that's my jam. That's a, I mean, that was really, really good. Now, tell me about Flip Mode Squad meets Def Squad. There's a lot of folks on that song. I felt like I was probably not understanding everything that was going on. Yeah, I, Flip Mode's his crew slash like record label and stuff, and none of those guys really made it out. You know how 50 Cent has yeah, been yeah. in it. You know, D12 with Eminem and stuff. Flip Mode was his. And they're not not really big names. And he tried to bring that same flow that he had with leaders on the new school. Because he likes the group setting. He likes rapping with other people. And that's and he knows that's how he got so big. Being yeah. with uh, a Tribe Called Quest and Q-Tip and all those guys. He's so comfortable there. He's comfortable yeah. there. If you go look at his next album, not many features. Really? Not, okay. Especially not like this, like six-minute songs. So is or, he good on his own? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's good on his so own. So he was able to prove it in the next couple albums. He could do it by himself if yeah, he needed to. Yeah, I mean, to. he proved it enough here, yeah. but... Oh, I thought he was great. Yeah, nope. I, I love this album. There was some really catchy stuff, man. You mentioned Q-Tip earlier. By the way, you know I love a good rap name. Zay. Rampage, The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> That may be one of the craziest names I've ever heard. That's awesome. Yeah. Rampage, the last Boy Scout. <laughs> like, Those flip mode dudes. What? <laughs> so, so, and Wuha, you know, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, like rap videos, like people would have like snippets of other songs in the album. 
and it would take you to like a different scene of the video and they would rap like oh, every song to the okay. album. On Wuha, he does that for everything raw and like him and his flip mode dudes are like sitting in the car and stuff. Go watch that part of the okay. video or go watch Wuha and then they'll lead up to that. And he references legendary. another song. That's oh, cool. It's legendary. That's he's cool. in the car and I want to say they're in like Times Square, New York and he's rapping at nighttime. Yeah, Busta Rhymes is a legend. By the way, as a pro wrestling fan, I'll also give him credit for a Gorilla Monsoon reference. Well done. Well done, Buster Rhymes. Not many people in 96 were making Gorilla Monsoon references, I'm assuming. So I really enjoyed that. All right, Zay, I've got my grade written down. Let me just, we'll just do it this way this time. If you were going to grade the coming by Buster Rhymes, what would you do? Eight flat. Eight flat. Eight flat. All right. Yeah. I'm going Michael Irvin. I'm going 8 8. Okay. I'm going 8 8. As we've proven in this. Uh, album swap though Zay's a little bit of a tougher grader I'm the teacher you want in summer school (laughs) I'm the one you want to get you past if you just need to pass Spanish I'm your guy you know I think I'm your guy for that Uh, I really enjoyed it though I thought it was good it topped out on the Billboard 200 at number 6 went platinum in 99 Uh, the Aerosmith record hit number 11 on the Billboard so we had two albums kind of in the in the same area and I like what you said about Busta Rhymes because I would also describe Steven Tyler that way two guys that would push certain boundaries and didn't care about Sometimes the way you thought about it, sometimes the way you thought of them, you got to look a certain way, you got to sound a certain way. You're not tough enough, you're not raw enough, you're not mean enough. It's like, no, no, man, we're going to do it our way. We'll do it our way, and either the people get it or they don't. And, I, they, and they did. As a kid, I had no idea Steven Tyler had these drug issues. Like, I remember him on Disney Channel. Like watching Disney Channel shows and he would make cameos and stuff. I'm like, oh, look, hey, there's a dude from Aerosmith. There it is. Yeah. Well, oh, do you man. know he was sniffing the blow in the back. Yeah, hard, hardcore stuff. And I'd never heard that story today until I read it about him not knowing a song nine years later and it was their song. <laughs> Whoa, dude. You gotta be kidding me. Aerosmith has some of the craziest rock and roll stories ever. Alright, uh, there's your album swap for this week. Not sure where we're headed next week on the album swap. We'll have to think of that. Um, and uh, in fact, I think maybe next week is Metallica. For Zay, we gotta get we gotta get Zay to listen to a Metallica album. My wife and I have determined which Metallica album you'll be listening to. Maybe that'll be next week for you. You got any ideas for me for next week? Um, let's go Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory. Ooh, and yeah, I'll hear since we listen to Busta and let's I'll hear Busta Rhymes. You'll hear Busta Rhymes. Let's See, go back to that. Here's the other reason why you'd make a much better teacher than me. You're actually there's a linear path, and you're trying to teach me in a way that makes sense. I'm just throwing albums. I'm grabbing CDs and throwing them from the other side of the room. Let's have him listen to Living Color. Chad, you're the only guy who likes them. I don't care. Yeah, I'm trying to find classic yeah. hip-hop albums that you've never listened to before. You're so trying to people con- can figure it out and, you know, feel yeah. the nostalgic, you know, all that stuff. It's cool, though. Hey, they feel it with what you're giving me. People okay. like Living Color. All right, that's good. That's the good. Errol Smith album, classic, there, legendary. I'm, I'm really glad you like Toys in the Attic. That was good. I think I, I made the right choice there. I have a few, have a few Errol Smith albums I really like, but I thought, man, Toys in the Attic's a good place to start. That is a good place to start somebody on Aerosmith. Because I wouldn't have gone with the first record. There's not enough good stuff on the first record. Right. Dream On's on the first album, and there's maybe one other one. If I went and looked at the, uh, the, the full run, that's not a great record. It's not. To me, Toys in the Attic's really good stuff. What about 80s? Because I know 
wasn't Perry gone for a little bit? They have a cup. Perry did. Perry left, and see the the Run DMC thing is when it all came back together. They broke up, and they were coming back, and they needed some energy. The drugs had worn them out. They were kind of they were a little flat in some people's minds, and then that Run DMC thing changed everything. Yeah, Run DMC, Rick Rubin, and the, and then they went on a run I really enjoyed. I dig Permanent Vacation. I dig uh, Get a Grip. I dig Pump. Pump's a good Aerosmith album with Janie's Got a Gun and stuff on it like that. So what, I, what album is the song Angel on? Angel is That's on my joint. Permanent Vacation. Okay, yeah. Oh, an sense. Angel fan. That's my joint. Interesting. That's my joint. One of my favorite Aerosmith songs of all time is on Permanent Vacation, and it's Hangman Jury. It's a terrific Aerosmith song. Lesser known, right. kind of deeper track kind of thing. I was that young age where I could deal with old Aerosmith and new Aerosmith. The older fans didn't want to hear new stuff. That's kind of the way music works. Yeah. I was ready for both. I was like, no, give me the new album, but I still want to hear all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right, so uh, there's your music swap, album swap for this week. Up next, Why Today Matters. We'll tell you a little more about May 4th. We've got some big sports birthdays. We've also got some NBA. We'll preview Lakers and Warriors. But right now, let's get you in the mullet open. That is, if you can play. If you got your clubs ready and you can make an 11 o'clock start over at uh, Bastrop at Hyatt Lost Pines, where we're going to be for the show tomorrow – all you have to do is call Zay right now, 447-3776. If you can play in the Mullet Open tomorrow at 11, let Zay know. One spot available. Give him a call. This is The Horn. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Touch it, bring hey, yo, it, babe. Watch I it, turn it, it, leave it, coming back stop to it. Touch it, bring okay. it, babe. Watch it, Remix. turn it, leave it, stop. Chad and Zay. See, now you know who the guard be. Back when in the city and you know who the squad be. Flip mode, shit, look, see, ain't nothing changed. Now I'm back with the remix with the queens of the game. When you see me in the spot, you can better respect it. Y'all already know when my rep ain't no reason to check it. Rolling through a Thursday. We just got done with the album swap discussion. So now I feel like I'm being trapped. Buster Rhymes? There we go. All right. <laughs> right down the middle. Nice and easy. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard a little bit of that ha in the voice. What's the song? Touch It Remix. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mary J. Blige rapping. That's what you hear right here. Wow. Yeah, man. Very I don't cool. Know, I don't know how we did that, but she right. does her thing. Rob Digger's on this. She's another rapper. Missy Elliott. It's fire. I love Very this nice. Song. Very nice. I got a feeling like Buster Rhymes, if nothing else... He's got friends. Oh yeah. He's got a group to support him at any uh, at any point. That's impressive stuff. Buster Rhymes in that first album is uh, was part of the album swap today. We hope you are having a good Thursday. Remember, Ball Don't Lie coming up. Longhorn Blitz podcast at seven. Insincerious at eight. And we've got the NBA coming up tonight with Lakers Warriors. Let's preview that game and tell you some other reasons why today matters on May fourth. Here we go. Why today matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Five one two six. 601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right. Uh, it is May 4th. We've mentioned, of course, Star Wars Day. I'm wearing the Star Wars shirt today. I am a 
I consider myself a level two Star Wars nerd. If you're all the way up to that level five status, today we've determined that is if you're involved, if you'll be willing to be involved in a Star Wars wedding, a Star Wars funeral, or Zay's added this one, or a role play situation where everybody is in full costume and character. Yeah. That's level five. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, but I can't yeah. knock you wanting to dress your woman up as Chewbacca. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's just, again, your own personal thing. You just got to know where you are on the, on those levels. So if you're having a good, uh, if you're a Star Wars freak, we hope you have a good Star Wars day. Tonight, though, it's going to be all about Lakers and Warriors. Before we get into some other birthdays and stuff, Zay, uh, let's, let's give this game its time because this series is, I think, going to be incredible to watch. I'm expecting Golden State to really bounce back tonight. And I'm, I'm expecting things to even out in terms of, uh, of the gas tanks. I'm expecting the cardio to kind of even out tonight between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, coming off of that very emotional series with the Sacramento Kings, the Game 7, you come back down 14 and you tied the game and it came down to that Jordan Poole shot, which I still think it's a good shot. I know a lot of people are hating on the distance, but I've seen Jordan Poole hit a plethora of those shots throughout these last two seasons, even last year in the NBA Finals where he was averaging around 18 points a game against the Boston Celtics. So if you're Steve Kerr, you're not tripping, you know, Kevon Looney, he was great rebounding once again, just like in the previous series. But the difference with the Lakers and the Kings, once you get those offensive rebounds, those Lakers, they stay on those three-point shooters. They don't, their eyes don't look down low. You get the rebound, they're locked in on the three-point shooters. And they have confidence in Anthony Davis to hold his own if he allows that offensive rebound. The Kings, they didn't have confidence in Sabotis. They once Looney got the board, they wanted to help him a little bit. They would creep inside, and that became a problem because those outside shots became open. And if you've hooped before, you know the easiest shot to take as a three-point shooter is from an offensive rebound. It's like shooting in practice because you know how somebody's below the goal getting your rebound, just mm-hmm. catching and shoot. It feels like that. It just feels natural. It just feels natural. Yeah. So that's the best time to shoot the ball, and the Warriors have the best three-point shooters, best shooters of all time. So I- I'm with you, Chad. Those shots that Clay and Steph missed in game one, they're not going to miss in game two. Jordan Poole shot well. Andrew Wiggins, he's going to have to continue to attack because he's he'll always be the X factor. We saw it last year in their role to win in the finals, and this year with him coming back, missing those 20-something games during the regular season, he looks like he's back and playing with that confidence. So I could see Andrew Wiggins going for 30 tonight. I really could. I could see him being really aggressive, and since so much attention's being drawn to Steph Curry, he's one of those guys that he gets a mismatch anytime that he gets guarded, being the former number one pick, even though he hasn't lived up to that. So, yeah, I think Steve Kerr, they're going to test LeBron. They're going to see what he could do. If you want to play off the ball, then we're going to make the ball get in your hands, and we're going to see what you could do with it, because they're not shooting the ball well. Are you going to be able to knock down shots? Can you take over the game at this point of the career and do you want to take over the game I think the Warriors are going to test that tonight it's so weird that I've lived long enough to hear an idea about you know what they need to do is make LeBron take over <laughs> wow I mean I've been watching this game a long time it's yeah it's crazy but it may be you know it may be a way to go we'll see what Steve Kerr you know kind of wants to do with uh with tonight and it'll all be you know just the balance of things how do they look offensively and do the like you do the Splash Brothers get that rhythm back and, and start to hit those shots. Then on the Lakers' side, I also wonder, can they possibly expect Russell 
And who was the other dude with 19? It was um, Dan Schroeder. Schroeder, thank you. Could they possibly expect those two guys to give him near 38 again? And that's the beauty of it because they got dudes that could put up numbers on any given night. Rui Hachimura, we saw in game one against the Grizzlies, right. he could give you 30. We saw D'Angelo Russell in the closeout game against the Grizzlies. He could get you 30. Austin Reeves, the whole season, averaged around 19, 20 points a game through an, uh, after the All-Star break, I mean. So there's guys that are capable which is very scary if you're the Warriors because they could go off if you focus too much on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, yeah, man, it's this is a tough matchup for the Warriors, even though I think they're going to end up winning it. It could even go seven. But Draymond, he's going to be locked in tonight. I can't wait to see what he does. And, yeah, I expect Jordan Poole to continue to play well. And, well, and we've seen it all throughout these playoffs now. I think I heard somebody say today there's been 15 straight instances now where a home team has lost lost a game and then come right back and won the next game. Like 15 opportunities and there's 15 in a row that they've won. Let's just see if there's an edge to the Lakers tonight. Or do you play like you've got the split? And LeBron will be trying to figure out how to get them dialed up right but, and, and you know, Hamble as well. But can they really do it or will we come out of tonight – you know, kind of like I felt after last night. Like, yeah, Philly played like they had a game. Yeah, you know, Jared Vanderbilt was really good a couple of nights ago, guarding Steph Curry. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that he altered much because Steph Curry, I've seen him knock those shots down plenty of times. And was that from legs, from the 50-point performance in Game 7? We don't know. But Vanderbilt, he played them well. And also Schroeder did when he came in off the bench. But Vanderbilt, they're going to force him to shoot it because he's not the best three-point shooter. And if he's going to be on the court for defensive purposes, you got to provide something on offense. And look for the Warriors, those mm. open shots that he's going to get. He better be in the gym these last few days just shooting corner shots, corner shots, because he's going to get all the open ones he wants during this series. They have to. There's too many weapons on the Lakers to worry about somebody like Jared Vanderbilt. All right, before we uh, hit this break, one birthday to mention here on the sports side of things. Aaron Andrews is 45 years old today. Happy birthday to Aaron, one of my absolute favorites in sports. You know the old school on Aaron Andrews? No, no chance. She's an SEC girl, Florida. Oh, yeah. Okay. Florida Gators, Aaron Andrews. Man, you talk about a diverse resume, all the different things she's done, all the different shows she's hosted and everything, and just doing, as, as always, I thought done really, really solid work. I uh, hope Aaron Andrews is doing well wherever the heck she is. Still, She's still part of the Fox group, right? Yeah, she's still part of Fox group. Man, she's been all over the place, uh, but she does incredible work. So happy birthday to Aaron Andrews today. Yeah, I love Aaron Andrews. Her and Clarissa Thompson have a podcast together that's really good. Oh, that has to be good. Yeah, they have some good guests. Yeah. And- yeah, talking about informative women in sports, Aaron Andrews on top of the list. Yeah, no doubt about it. And still married to the hockey guy, right? Is she? she? I think she's married to a hockey player. I believe that's right. Stoll? S-T-O-L-L, I think is that last name. That makes sense. Those hockey guys are attractive. The guy she married? Yeah, right. And probably the guys that, you know, if you're looking to marry somebody that uh, might, if you need a little protection. Yeah. You know, could, a hockey guy. I know, because Aaron Andrews, she got stalkers. Ready to rumble. Yeah, she's had some issues. She's had some issues. She got stalkers. She has had protection. She need that. I get it. She does. All right, happy birthday to her and anybody else who's got a May 4th birthday. Up next, stems and seeds, the craziness that Alabama had to deal with last couple days and who they had to fire, plus a couple other stories for you, and then we'll get you to Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. Keep it right here on The Horn.
Chad and Zay. One time. Wow. Well, there you go. Are they helping me out? Buster Rhymes and Janet Jackson? Oh, this was such a hit. Wow. Yeah, this song. It was a weird song, just like, a, I mean, a weird video. I mean, like a lot of Busta videos. But sure. Woo. Janet what, Jackson in this one. What's the song called? What's It Gonna Be. Okay. Now, he didn't get Janet to rap, does he? No. Okay. Janet Jackson with Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes, Journey, Dan Hartman, Tommy Shaw, Chalk Circle. We had the Buster Rhymes beat since we were dealing with a Buster Rhymes album today on the album swap. Uh, we had some people on the text line that enjoyed the album swap discussion. We have one listener that thinks we need to swap back and forth between music and movies and do some movie reviews along the way. We'll think on it. Yeah. Never know. We talk movies every once in a while. There are, there as we've learned over the years, there are tons of movies that I need to see. Uh, so maybe we'll do that along the way. Every time Zay realizes that I haven't seen Blue Chips, he almost jumps through this window and attacks yeah, me. Yeah, man, that's a sports guy. Like that's ev- a damn shame. That's one of those that maybe we need to you know to hit, hit those every once in a while. We'll we'll certainly consider it. All right, um, a lot of stuff going on today, and uh, we got a couple notes here for you in stems and seeds before we get out out of here i'll get zay to uh we'll both pick that lakers warriors game and who we think is going to win tonight let's go uh stems and seeds here no stress no seeds no stems no sticks brought to you by av consultations 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com uh we'll get to an nba story here in a sec but if you missed it alabama has fired their baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, amid a betting probe. We didn't get into this story a lot yesterday, Zay, but the state of Ohio, the Ohio Betting Commission, stopped taking bets on Bama baseball games. I'll admit I've not read all the little details of this, but between that and other things that were going on, Bama has been, I guess in their mind, uh, either forced or they feel like they needed to fire their baseball coach so one of the assistants takes over. Yo, Bama, what y'all got going on down there? From Henry Ruggs being locked up, Jamison Williams betting at Detroit, Braxton Miller, Nate Oates, now we're dealing with the coach betting on games, Pete Rose style? I know. I know. Braxton Miller, was that his name? Is that his name? Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. Brandon Miller. Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yes. The point is still taken. Yeah, I, that is strange. Tuscaloosa, they say it's really humid there. Really humid, Zay. Y'all be careful, Texas fans, if you're going this uh, this, uh, this September. I think them Crimson Time people feeling the wrong type of heat. My goodness. Uh, here's a story to me, Zay. It doesn't sound good at first, and then you learn about it. Maybe it is good. Um, Marcus Smart wins something called the NBA Hustle Award, and I thought, wait a minute, are they just handing out weird, everybody gets a ribbon kind of things? Since 2016-17, they've had the Hustle Award. It's derived from the Hustle stats tracked by the NBA with NBA.com, including deflections, loose balls recovered, charges drawn, screen assists, blah, 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 and top finishers uh, this year included Draymond Green and some others. So he's won it two years in a row now, Marcus Smart has, and three out of the last seven. So once I hear that explained, that's not so bad. Right. 
It's that's a very specific award, and it shows like an X Factor glue guy that just does everything. I thought he was really good yesterday. He had his moments with James Harden and guarding them well, and he's beat up, man. He when he goes to the sideline, he has all type of arm bags on his shoulders and different type of massage things on his legs and stuff. So that reward is fitting for how he plays. Hell, Chad, I remember him at the Irwin Center playing for Flower Mound Marcus for a state championship. And he was the wow. exact same size he is now in really? the association. Yeah. And he's always played with that heart, and he's always played with that hustle. And he took that with him to Oklahoma State. I mean, obviously, old boy that he saw in the fans that he was fighting knows about that a little bit. (laughs) And now he's taking it to the league. Former defensive player of the year. He plays the game the right way. He's an old-school type of player. And he's a Texan. So I like him a little bit more in that aspect. And, yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a tough son of a bee. People on and off the court know not to mess with Marcus Smart. Oh, hell no. He He teaches them all a lesson. Uh, By the way, prior winners of this award include Thaddeus Young, Patrick Beverly, Amir Johnson, and Montrez Harrell. Just to give you an idea of the guys that have also won that award. So congrats to Marcus Smart for that. They'll get that series going again in the next couple days. That's a one-all series. The question is, will it be a one-all series after tonight? Zay, I'm saying Golden State evens it up. I think we're in for a long haul here. Um, And I know LeBron and and those guys would love to go up 2-0. I say the uh, defending champs will bounce back. What do you think? I agree. Be careful. It could get ugly tonight. It could get ugly. It could look a lot like the Celtics and the Sixers in that game one coming into game two. I expect the Warriors to be completely locked in, and I expect those adjustments to be made. made. Excuse me. Look for those Anthony Davis double teams a lot. Every time he touches the ball, they might have somebody stunting at him or somebody straight up flying at him, depending on if Looney's guarding them or Draymond's guarding them throughout the game. And we'll see on the other side, can they slow down Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? Can they keep slowing them down to make other guys beat you and if they can the Lakers are going to give themselves a chance if you are if you are um our ham and the Lakers would you go right to Anthony Davis and see how they're going to play it like first possession yes okay mm-hmm. get it to him in the mid-range and just see where you are yeah okay. see where we are see if Looney are you going to come out and check him because you didn't last time you didn't in game one. Are you going to step out there and move with them? Because they don't want to do that. Anthony Davis will beat that dude off the dribble. Looney's had multiple hip surgeries and say, stuff. Because then he goes right by and it's a quick flush and you're, you're ready. Yeah, Looney moves well, but not Anthony Davis well. And yeah. They could get ugly. That's why the double team's so important for the Warriors if they want to get through this series. Yeah, also uh, a story we may need to get into. Do you see this thing about the White Sox uh, guy that called Carlos Correa a cheater after he struck him out? Dope. You catch that story. I love it. There's a whole other class of those Astros we don't think about. The guys that won last year in Houston kind of got to make up for it in a way and say, we have two rings now, so all y'all shut up. But what about the guys that won that one ring and then are somewhere else now? Especially him. Carlos Correa has no opportunity to like make it right in some people's minds, mm-hmm. including a guy he just faced. This isn't a fan. This is another player that called him a cheater. That's dope. Yeah, we, we got more pettiness like that. Man, that is. I knew you'd like the pettiness. Oh, we got to discuss amazing. that. We'll get back to that story a little bit tomorrow. We'll be out at uh, Hyatt Lost Pines and Bastrop tomorrow for the Mullet Open. So we'll talk to you then. Ball Don't Lie coming up. Longhorn Blitz podcast at 7. Insincerious at 8. Have yourself a good Thursday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Two!